Today I have a very interesting guest. His name is Perseus, but he's not Greek. And uh, I'll let him introduce himself and what what he's all about. Hey, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you bringing me on. Uh, again, this is an awesome opportunity, and uh, I'm really happy you're doing what you're doing right now. Um, but yeah, I'm Perseus. I'm a Persian American. Uh, what I do, I'm an attorney who does a, a, a plaintiff side employment law. What that means is I represent workers in disputes against uh, their employers. And um, I'm basically just a guy on Twitter um, who um, discusses anything from Middle East politics, Shia Islam, religion in general. And I think that's kind of how you and I met. It's just from random tweets that I make on regarding myth, religion, history, yeah, uh, yeah. whatever. It's a lot of it is um, I do try to bring a Persian perspective. Right. to what I discussed, because a lot of it is because the West has sort of positioned itself ideologically and culturally against the East today in the yeah. sense that liberalism means nothing unless yeah. it is in opposition to, say, China or in opposition to Islam. Something It can't define itself. It can only define itself against something else, because yeah. in the end, liberalism is nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. So, the, so I try to bring that other perspective in just to see why is it that illiberal notions are so um, intolerable to liberalism. Yes, interesting. Yes, and you do a good job. You do a great job, from what I've seen. Oh, well, thank you. But we well, were just gonna, yeah, no problem. We're gonna talk just about religion and uh, your religious views here, because I found it. I, there's many interesting things I'd like to needle out of your brain about it. Like you uh, were definitely sort of pro-pagan, at least our, from what, when I, we first started talking, it was about like a Hellenistic uh, spirituality or something, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so, because you are also, you, you're uh, unapologetically Shia uh, Islam as well. So I thought, well, so that's, he's sort of, you're not dual faith, but you just have, you're, you think syncretically that way, I guess you would say. And unabashedly so. So what um, first question would be you monothe you I have a list of questions that are in the reverse here, which are like common conceptions that you wish to change around. So I'm going to say them in the way that the from the viewpoint of the average person, what they might think that monothe monotheism and paganism are philosophically irreconcilable. Now, you would disagree with that. I know that. So what would, how would you respond? to that? Yes, this is basically um, probably the most standard. Uh, the first philosophical debate that people are sort of introduced in a philosophy class, which is basically Socrates debating the Greek priests. And um, essentially, uh, and beyond that, what you have is the philosophical debates between uh, Islam and Christianity with the non-Islam and Christian religion. So usually in the West, when we begin our discussions on religion, we sort of start from these two places, Socrates questioning the Greeks and the Christian and Muslims sort of consolidating power against others is sort yeah. of how it's presented. Um, right. And so generally speaking, um, when it comes to my personal views or what I present on Twitter, it all sort of started with an Iranian cleric. His name is uh, Syed Panahian. 
You can right. actually find him on Twitter. He has an yeah, awesome you me, Twitter. You sent me his uh, link. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll put it in the uh, at the end of the video afterwards. Yeah, he's an. Um, so in Shia Islam is a is a living religion in the sense that it is a religion that is being practiced by the state of Iran. Uh, right. Most, you know, most people, when they think of religion, they think um, uh, something they do by themselves, when in reality, historically, religion has been the the state. It is only in modern, in recent history with the uh, the invention of the Enlightenment and liberalism and separation of church and state that we did, we did humanity start moving away from the notion yeah. of the state and religion being one and the same. Yeah. Um, but. So basically, you know, in Iran, the, the, the clerical class are the ruling class. They yeah. hold the cultural and military power. It's not right. like these are separated. And yeah. so a, a lot of um, the 1979 Islamic revolution was based on a spiritual revolution. It yeah. was based on one of my favorite sayings of the revolution. It was <clears throat> from Ayatollah Khomeini. He says that the, the mission of the revolution was to make the hidden apparent, to make the esoteric exoteric. Uh, to make right. the inward expression of Islam its outward expression. And okay. so basically what he was saying is that, you know, what we had at the time, you know, people like my fam my parents' generation and so on forth, what they had understood Islam as or religion as was mm -hmm. a Western definition that was essentially going against their well-being. And that's essentially what precipitated the 1979 revolution was an overthrowal of the sort of top-down liberal cultural changes that the, the Shah is um, promoting in Iran. So um, what Panahian, why I bring this cleric up, is that Islam, I mean, excuse me, Iran is very creative in how they like to interact with the outside world because of this history, because of this background. Yeah. And Panahian mentioned in one of his, um, and this was in 2017 when I came across this, in one of his um, lectures that basically um, Muslims in the West, if you want to sort of oppose liberalism, and he says to stop working with atheists and Christians. <laughs> now, I, and he said to start working with pagans. Now, I think he was, this was just sort of like a... Do you, mean, do you of, mean like Hindus or what? There's not many pagans... Uh... Well, like I don't think so. Here's the thing: I, a lot of uh, people in Iran are, don't know what's going on inside of the West. I mean, most people don't even know what society is really like inside of America or any European yeah, country. Right, right. Okay. So, for outside observers, they don't really know that, like, you know, Odinism is something that's not common. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's on the internet. I mean, it, there's a, <laughs> it's in. Uh, I think there's a temple being built in Iceland, but. Uh... You know, yeah. Um, so yeah. basically, my point is, there's a general ignorance. But anyway, I found it interesting that he yeah. basically was saying that, look, look, you need you in order you can fight for cosmic justice by working with pagans. And right now, the state of atheists and Christians is not going to help uh, defeating liberalism. This was his. This is this cleric's statements. This isn't yours yeah. or I's statements. Right. Um, so this, is that not, it's like, I know when I grew up Catholic that pagans were like the ultimate bad guy in uh, Christianity. So I assumed in Islam as well, they're in the texts as, I mean, obviously Islam is very much the one God and polytheism is bad. 
mm-hmm. I think. So how does this guy get away with it? Is he in hot water or is he, is it like, no. do, I, do I have the wrong idea altogether? And that's, because I know in Christianity, no. even now, to talk about paganism, people get angry. No, and... so I think people have, or, and I think this um, is really a product of the 1979 revolution of this sort of more forward and open, but uh, sort of uh, purposeful thinking mm-hmm. is that a lot of uh, mythology, a lot of, um, you know, historical events or what have you, when mm-hmm. people sort of hold a very stringent belief on them is sort of limits them in as to their possibilities. So one thing, one thing I, I, I bring this up in is, in Iran, there isn't this sort of autistic emphasis on the Quran or the stories of the Quran. You oh, know, really? Islam is presented instead as a way of life, that yeah. this is something you live. And it's yeah. important to change this perspective because, you know, uh, yeah. you know, instead of having the sort of my ideologies drive my behavior, yeah. which is a which is a terrible way. We know that's false because yeah. the mind is so easily um, swayed. So if your yeah. mind is so easily swayed, how does it dictate all of your behavior? The reality yeah. is, is that your behavior is what dictates your beliefs and your ideologies. So how you live and how, is ultimately going to produce your beliefs. And so essentially what a lot of what's going on in Iran today is we need to sort of live and work with people and change the way we are sort of our, our living network our environment is because yeah. to effectuate things like justice because if we're so focused on uh mythology instead of principles when we're so focused on um stories and symbols instead of virtue and uh valor courage you know yeah. uh modes of life stations of life states of being not yeah. states of mind so yeah. so let's just talk now let's that just to answer your question that's where uh iran and i are at essentially so <laughs> okay so, so to yeah. so to so just to discuss the whole monotheism paganism thing a lot of this is just a product of antiquity we have to realize that all modern religions that are with us today are products of antiquity. They had different cultural issues. They had different political issues and their religious expressions are a product of that context. Ultimately, even in the Quran, as it is written, when uh, Allah is speaking to Muhammad, he never says I in the singular. He always says we, as in there's a consort of entities and beings with them. Now in Islam and Christianity, this is presented as angels, archangels, yeah. uh, sort of lesser beings, demons, or what have you. Right. So it's the cosmology is not presented as God is the only entity in existence. Interesting, yeah. I didn't know Islam, that. Islam says this is the only entity you should worship. It yeah. doesn't deny that there are other entities that exist. And you know what I find, a, just to interject, you know what I find really no. interesting, again, then I'll let you resume, is in uh, Neoplatonism, Iamblichus, he talks about like extrasolar deities that we don't know about that are like completely unknown <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to the uh, our solar system and people of Earth. But, uh, yeah. Sorry, I digress. Well, no, no I, well, I think you're hitting on something in the sense that 
even we don't even if you don't ha- you don't have to believe in something supernatural or spiritual to recognize that um all of these deities and beings they're ultimately expressions of something whether yeah. it's part of the human experience the the human work ethic whether it, a lot of deities are associated with trades mm. um you know so there's different aspects of life that are human or people in all cultures have sort of uh made metaphoric made artistic and have expressed differently and just because they express it differently doesn't mean that the principle is not the same now yeah, for instance yeah, yeah. justice is the same no matter where you are in the world for instance two plus two equals four yeah everywhere in the world no matter how you say it or present it it's a, it's a, a universal fact mm. that two plus two equals four yeah. Now, if I say that in Chinese or if I bring that up in Brazilian with different colors or, you know, whatever, these different expressions, that doesn't yeah. change what I'm getting at. And so yeah. I think ultimately the for modern day, fuck antiquity. We can't keep men. We can't maintain the, 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 the rivalries and the, the mentalities of antiquity just because those are the religions that remain. And if that's the case, then we have to think differently. Yeah. And so to think differently in the modern world, especially in the West, think about the West. The West has a dual tradition similar to Iran in the yeah. sense that we have a pre-Christian, uh, pre-Islamic tradition and a post-Christian tradition. Right? The West has its classical religions and it has its Christianity. Now, yeah. you can debate which is the true, which is the better, whatever, whatever. At yeah. the end of the day, they're both part of the Western historical record no yeah. matter what and yeah. so today you know for people you have to find a way to bridge that gap yeah you, yeah yeah that's what that's what i try to do or like to do or try to think i i'm trying to do <laughs> but yeah. uh because there's certain flaws we have what we have i think in the west now a post-christianity morality which is pseudo-christian and all the sort of turn the other cheek and uh kneeling and uh you know everything's forgiveness without any of the teeth or the uh or the, uh, you know, many, many other aspects that have been abandoned. So it's sort of like, mm-hmm. this is what makes people angry about Christianity. They think it's still Christian or it's an ongoing Christian morality at work. It's like something else, and it's based on that. But it's there's a feeling like we need a new solid moral, like everything changes. All mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows history changes, and mor- morals change. So there are the eternal truths that you frame your morals around, but there's little, there's little questionable bits around it where we have our differences in religion like you know islam and uh, christianity and so forth even though they're very similar there's the there's a, there's those questions that come around the harder eternal uh, moral facts you might say so like when you were saying about iran too like about that's that's why it's beneficial to have the clerical class really in charge because they are the guardians of morality whatever it is Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, traditionally, even in feudal times and Roman times and so forth, that the priestly class was elevated above uh, the mercantile class and others mm-hmm. because you have to safeguard your morality, whatever it is, because that's the basis for everything. Everything that politics do or everything the king does is going to be based on that, on your people's morality, which, while malleable in some ways, this is, like, this is why it's so hard to talk about because it's both things at once. It's, it changes and it's eternal. And uh, it's just hard. <laughs> yeah, but it's also just really important for the audience to recognize that every religion and cultural expression that exists today, whether it's in a museum or in a book that you can buy, these are all products of antiquity. 
I yeah. mean, this, the, you know, think about antiquity. At that time, the world, the whole world was somewhere between, uh, you know, Italy and Rome and Persia with minimal contact with China in the Americas yeah. totally undiscovered. This yeah. is the world that all of the major world religions pre-Abrahamic and post-Abrahamic have yeah. entered into. And for us to sort of maintain them, I think, in a way, um, no matter how ideologically perfect one may think it is, it clearly cannot account for what we are modernly seeing. And to the extent that it can, some of these religions can account. It doesn't account for all people. For instance, Shia Islam works for Iranians. It works mm. for Lebanese. It works yeah. for Syrians, yeah. right? It works for a specific set of people. Yeah. And that makes sense. But at the same time, you know, I, the West doesn't have that. And so going back to this sort of notion, even in the Greek and Roman times when there were pantheons, yeah. the pantheons had many different gods, yeah. ultimately sort of like as political treaties with the people, because every pantheon had a chieftain. So yeah. if your God did not show fealty to the chieftain, then you're out of the pantheon and you're an enemy of the state. <laughs> and so even in that sense, even in the Roman Republic where all these other deities were had to show were below Jupiter, this is ultimately a type of monotheism. It's a type of centralization, a type of hierarchy of power and divinity that yeah, yeah. I don't think is in opposition to islamic beliefs uh, uh you know i'm not to judeo-christian there's going to be issues and you know there's differences there but as we'll go through this conversation i think you'll be surprised to learn that a lot of the values of islam and uh classical western traditions are probably going to be more in line than with judeo-christianity hmm. okay okay that is news to me all right so let's get to your other questions. So religion and spirituality should not, this is again, uh, someone saying something uh, which you will say, which you will describe as being wrong. Religion and spirituality should not entail material and worldly benefits such as acquiring money, money and power. So you would say that's false. Yeah. I think today, um, especially in the early 2000s when the Christianity versus atheism debate really started to um, be really popular in mainstream culture, mm -hmm. uh, there was this sort of false dichotomy created between atheism and Christianity. And essentially what they both did is they held the position of asceticism. Now, yeah. what is asceticism? Asceticism is basically the notion that your spirituality should be about giving up this world, seeing through the material world, and um, basically not having any worldly attachments. Now, this right. is um, um, a, it is of good value to have for everyone in the sense that, and Buddhism sort of takes this to an extreme. It is a good value to have, um, but here's the problem. And, and the, just to reiterate, the Bible says something similar in the sense that the Bible says that it's harder for a rich man to get to heaven than a poor man, essentially yeah. discouraging worldly wealth and power. Now, yeah. Islam, act, Islam and classical Western traditions actually don't take that position. Um, Islam specifically says that God will bless the rich man who uses his wealth toward God, essentially um, saying that 
uh, a religious movement is pointless without money, uh, <laughs> which is which makes sense, you know, but <laughs> but it doesn't make sense to asceticism because asceticism is a type of individualism that doesn't seek state power. Right. right. It's go to your cave, meditate by yourself and sit in a corner silently. I think this is and this was ultimately presented as religion in a society that practices separation of church and state. So you're already your religion can't enter the state. So now you're relegated to a sort of tea party in the backyard or a little, you know, picnic with the community. You know, it's something fun and nice, but it, it doesn't entail worldly power. It doesn't entail worldly wealth. And well, the original, or, I don't like how did the, the original ascetics would have been the Christians that eventually took over Rome and everything else. So they, and they were very ascetic. They would be definitely have a lot of hermits and people, you know, starving to death in the desert. So they must have had some designs on power as what, like back then. No, what would you say about that? Like how they took over Rome and so forth because they were very ascetic. They were more ascetic then than they were since. I think that's when they really would be like, well, here's uh, the issue. A monk, someone being in power like a monk and practicing asceticism, practicing asceticism is yeah. different than someone holding power and telling a bunch of powerless people to be ascetic. Right. There's a difference because one of them, like going back, like, I, you know, you should live a healthy, non-consumeristic, non-materialistic lifestyle. You should yeah. try to connect with nature as often as you possibly can. Yeah. But the problem is that the people who are telling you this stuff are the ones who are get, grabbing all the money, all the wealth, all the weapons, all the states. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the issue here is that what what may be good for a individual lifestyle, a personal health system, uh, is not necessarily going to be a good political ideology for a civilization to effectuate. And so ultimately my main uh, statement to basically people who hold a sort of hippie notion of spirituality or a Christian notion of spirituality, that if your God is not helping you attain some type of personal group or social power, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like I keep thinking about, I want to start a cult to myself. <laughs> but like, yeah. the the main factor would be in acquiring those tides and getting the money flowing and uh, being organized, and that's that would really be the main, the main part of it. Because I I thought about all the other ins and outs, and they're all doable. But well, that's... it's good to th- well think back to antiquity. Why was monotheism and paganism even such a hot debate in antiquity? Back then, markets and societies were created by cults so certain economic industries were completely dominated by certain cults so if your cult wanted to enter that sector you either had to make a treaty with them yeah or you fucking killed them (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. culture Culture comes from cult cult is the cult is the basis of all of it the morality of the culture yep cults 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 cultivate culture there's a reason why those words all string together and back then, cults did everything in terms of they created jobs, they created guilds. They were known as guilds back then. A yeah, guild yeah. was 
a it was a religious group that protected all of its economic interests. Well, right? it was like it was a trades group that had esoteric. It definitely had religious. Everything was in in it. It was like a unit of uh, mm -hmm. creation with, that was very religious and esoteric. Like the primarily, I suppose, yeah. But like yeah. Each, guild, each guild was like had its purpose materially. You know, the rug making guild or the uh, yeah, the, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah so that's so, a, yeah, yeah. No, so, that's so, it's, so, so just to reiterate, that's yeah. why it's important to keep in mind a lot of discussions about religion today yeah. is that they're yeah. all products of antiquity which was right. a very different world than today right yeah they're almost like all of them all the monotheisms are so strongly a counter antiquity in a way all the existing ones aren't they wouldn't you wouldn't, i would say that anyway so maybe you wouldn't agree but yeah um, so just uh, just like all the new world religions that are going to be born from people like you and i are going to be so opposed to liberalism. Why? Yeah. Because that's the evil of the day. And that's so what what, you, let, me ask you this. let me ask you this. Sorry, just while you just said it, what? How? What's your view on liberalism affecting Islam, Shia Islam, or other ones? They seem to show a certain uh, resistance to it, but then I'm not sure how much. So I can't really tell because it's more. You would know more about it than me. What do you think? Are they still prone to it? Is it still? working on them or so here's the thing ideologies and people are two different things okay so right. islam is a concept and muslims are a people people right. are susceptible to liberalism islam right. is not okay and so the goal should be for us to is to create a similar philosophical uh you know mode of thinking that can conceptually combat liberalism whether people will ultimately live up to that people are flawed mm. people can't a lot of people can't do shit a lot of people can't even you know america was about to collapse because toilet paper ran out okay you we can't expect anyone of any group to ever fully live up to their ideologies but that's not the point though just because you know your ideal you you know you just because you can't attain perfection doesn't mean you shouldn't seek it, right? And right, so right. the problem is that um, just because liberalism and capitalism has this amazing ability to basically destroy people, you know, mm. it subsumes entire ideologies. It can sell Che, Gu it can sell che Guevara shirts mm -hmm. at a Walmart, yeah. right? <laughs> it, can, yeah. it can do these things because it doesn't operate in – in the way we think it does, because we we sort of have it um, going back to uh, the society limiting our sort of cons our thinking processes that when we limit ourselves to these sort of categories of what liberalism wants us to discuss, how liberalism wants us to discuss things, you know, the language will affect whether you can think different possibilities. And so the right. problem here is that Islam has been presented as this literal, either like, uh, like a, a group of people as opposed to in a religion. So, so here's the thing: in in Europe, you have a problem with in the sense that you can't discuss race, right? So, Muslim becomes a racial identifier as opposed to a religious identifier. When right. in reality, any race can be a Muslim. Right. That's the reality of the situation. But yeah. because I mean, liberalism, again, liberalism can only define itself against something else because it is nothing. Right. 
yeah. it has to call every race of people who practice Islam Muslim as if it is a racial category, when in reality, most Muslims don't even speak Arabic. In fact, most Muslims are Indonesian. In that, but that doesn't oh, match. The largest Islamic countries in Indonesia, yet in the West, when you say Muslim, you don't think Indonesian. <laughs> <laughs> because the problem is, is you're using a religious identifier as a racial identifier. And you know right. what's funny is these these race realist, alt-right, you know, racialist, autistic 4chan people, yeah. they will do this too. <laughs> but it's like, how how do you understand eugenics so well that you think a religious concept is a racial group? The, the, this is why the science of these atheists is false. The scientific way of these people thinking is false because ultimately it is a dogma that is just as uh, prone to religious belief. And the sad part is, is that it is a pathetic belief that can easily be demolished by uh, simple arguments, simple presentations of reality. So let me just ask you out of curiosity: Would you feel more? Would you feel you have more in common with like a a Western Christian or maybe a Persian Christian than a uh, Indonesian Muslim? Or? <laughs> you know what man i can connect with anyone with a tree with right, okay, okay. an earthworm you know what i okay. mean like oh, yeah 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 you know okay. I, I think when you have a celestial sort of mindset when you sort of yeah i think i can too yeah you're right yeah when you don't really uh, get hung mm -hmm. up on things you can do that and you know, it's better to, I think it is, uh, there was a quote some, one of my followers said me, I, I'll have to find it later on in this conversation, but it was something to the effect that when you sort of engage in a sort of celestial way of thinking, and then you go into life to interact with others, it's mm -hmm. a much uh, different uh, experience. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Very good. Very interesting. Oh, here, I found it. I found it. So it's uh, by Cicero. The okay. contemplation of celestial things will make a man both speak and think more sublimely and magnificently when uh. he descends to human affairs. This is by my friend Katla. Um, her at is too hard to read. But, okay. yeah. but anyway, great. it's a great quote. Well, I, I love that quote. See, this is why I'm more pagan than anything now. Is Frankly, whenever I research in, into, as you said, the basis, like you say yourself, the basis is antiquity. And whenever I look into inspiring roots of like great ideas it's always like some greek philosopher or something uh, even the greater like you know I, I can't say as much about islam you would know better than me but in terms of christianity like there would be a great profound idea and you look at its root and it go back to either a greek or somebody like that well some, you know that's a good thing anyway, so I, I, this is what it make, leans me towards it like because i always like to seek the origin of things and see them as the you know when you have a creative idea that's just so it changes the world it's so amazing no, absolutely. That's actually a really good point you make because the strongest expressions of Christian or Islamic philosophy came from either Aquinas or Avicenna. Avicenna uh, came first in, during the Persian Islamic Golden Age and then Aquinas later on. Right. Um, but what they both did was they both operated on Aristotle. Aristotle, Aristotle is a gold mine. And um, yeah. I don't know if you've... Um, I, by the time this video releases, I think I will have already announced my YouTube channel. So uh, basically, I'm starting a YouTube channel slash religion based on my blog, which is Galaxios. And um, on what I'm going to be doing with essentially uh, with Galaxios is um, 
Okay, so yeah, I'm launching a YouTube channel in religion called Galaxios. And basically, yeah. I'm going to cut to the chase in the sense that we're going to be um, doing a whole deep dive in, yeah. and expansion of Aristotle. And it'd be why? Because that's what the other world faiths were, see, were going to. And I'm essentially yeah. cutting to the chase that we yeah. sort of need to um, cut the sort of noise and just yeah. get to the source uh, material. And uh, yeah. for me, Aristotle's concept of the unmoved mover is the perfect conceptualization of Galaxios. And right. that's essentially what I'm going to um, be working with. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds really good. Yes, truly a great um, mind, the Aristotle. You can't go wrong by going back to those roots. Oh, hey, we'll go on to your next question. Let's see, where are we? Okay, knowledge only comes from science. This is the the idiot's claim. Yeah, uh, so this is basically the default position of the world today, which is what is known as scientism. The notion yeah. that um, all forms of knowledge can only come through science that whatever science proves true is the only thing that can be true right. now this is a, a a a delusion it is a dogma i actually if you go through your audience if they want to listen to a debate between myself and an atheist about this um yeah. i'll have it i'll eventually i'll post a link on my twitter channel sure, yeah. but basically yeah. the problem is, is that um science is being used essentially dogmatically to create a belief and moral system and the reason being is that it claims to in the secularism and liberalism claims to escape religion and religiosity but in mm -hmm. the end it psychologically could not escape it because all religion is essentially hardwired in the human mind it's the foundation, foundation for all morality including theirs yeah absolutely is, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, you, you can sort of see this with the, the, the Black Lives Matter movement. It's clearly a religious experience for most. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and so the, the reality of the situation is that all clearly not all forms of knowledge can come from science. Now, what does this mean? What is knowledge? Now, think about this. Yeah. Um, if I want to teach a child about a, a shoe or a tree, or if I want to teach a child about... Uh, the speed of gravity. Mm -hmm. um, these are things we can essentially do in a lab, in a controlled environment through the scientific method, right? Right. But what if I want to teach the child justice, courage, valor, uh, how to be valiant, how to, how to be virtuous? Mm. I, I, can't, I can't point to an object. I can't teach artistic beauty in a lab so no. how do you teach these things the yeah. reality is that you teach a child uh, about justice and virtue for example through example either by the lived experience or through mythology and yeah. religion yeah. and so basically what this means is that there is a whole side of the human experience that mm -hmm. literally does not come from a lab it cannot you so you think about yeah. it, it i'm an attorney by practice i i'm, I'm actually a trial attorney meaning okay. i try to litigate cases before a judge and a jury as often as i can and okay. when you take a case to court let's say you're uh, charged with murder right yeah yeah science can prove whether your dna was there or not right. 
Right. But that doesn't prove that you actually committed murder, right? <laughs> there, right yeah. there are things like DNA can transfer. Uh, right. There's actually a really crazy case once when which a, a person uh, went to a laundromat right after a murderer went there and washed his clothes in the same area and had DNA transfer from the victim. And he was ultimately yeah. charged with the crime. And, you know, so basically, you know, what I'm saying is science, the DNA evidence, no matter, yeah. even if it has a 99% accuracy rate, it doesn't tell us it doesn't give us the determination of guilt or innocence, right? Right, right, right. right. It's only evidence. And right, this right. is the fact, uh, this is the reality of science. And this is why we have to differentiate science between scientism. Is right. that scientism yeah. is a belief system that science can prove whatever they believe, right? Yeah. But then science they doesn't do that. Yeah, science yeah, yeah. just gives us evidence, data. Yeah. data. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it doesn't give us for so in so in the case of the the man charged with murder. Yeah. Uh, science is not what's uh, effectuating guilt and innocence, which is a form of justice and injustice. Right, right, right. No, that's true. And even the entire framework of law and justice is based on a morality that comes from the more organic uh, hero mythos than. Uh, any pragmatic science. I actually wrote that. I wrote about this in my book that in the old days, science and art and religion were sort of enmeshed in one so that, you know, say to the Greeks, uh, astrology was, it may have been less so than astronomy, but they were tied together in a unifying uh, search, you would say. And even the ideal, the ideology behind science, which is like exploration and with the idea of retaining knowledge for future generations or something that's based in, in a more, in a moral, worldview uh, tied to religion as well really so like the whole thing is uh, ideally tied together we've we've bifurcated these things into sort of nonsensical separate things is what this is how i see it but like i see that's i more or less agree with what you're saying yeah i think the west engaged in a separate the separation of church and state is a product of the separation of spirituality and secularism yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. i think that's one of the misconceptions we'll get to Science and religion are incompatible. Yes, this is a product of the Western sort of definition. And you really see this really come to fruition in the early 2000s, Christianity versus atheism debates. And one reason why I keep harping back to this is because I, th- that's when I was going through um, uh, basically a, a, a philosophical philosophy department. I was in college, high school, what have you, when these discussions were being had and there was one of the most famous debates was between a uh, Bill Nye and this creationist at the creationist museum. And on both sides of the, de- I remember this is like 2006, 2007. Yeah. I'm watching this debate and both sides were just ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Well, Bill Nye is not even a good example that he's kind of an idiot. At least those other guys, some of them were kind of smart. Like uh, it was history. like, it was like your choices were, you either magically appeared 4,000 years ago or right. you were born from a genetic soup that was electrocuted by lightning and evolved into single cell organisms in Africa. Right. The, right. Yeah, both of these worldviews are just disgusting to me. 
Um, right. And part of the problem is because they both take this position that science and religion are incompatible. And one yeah. reason why we know this is actually false is let's look. We have to constantly look at Iran. And the pro reason why is that Iran is the quintessential example of a theocracy, a modern theocracy, an illiberal theocracy. Right. And suppose it is. Yeah. In Iran today, Iran is the number one producer of scientific productions, articles, research, and military research right now. So how is this possible under a theocracy? Atheists would say, oh, if you create a theocracy, you'll never have science. This is ridiculous. This is obviously not true because uh, a, a true, healthy, prosperous, powerful religion would use science toward its God's ends. 100%. You would right. be foolish not to do that. Whoever is, this goes back to the whole asceticism. This right. whole notion of asceticism is, uh, is really in secularism. It's just ruining the Western conception of power. Fundamentally, yeah. to the point where people think you you gain power by voting, which is like writing your your favorite person's name on a piece of paper and like putting it in a box. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, the total so, ab abandonment of yeah of pursuit of power, which yeah, yeah I wouldn't so have thought of. In Iran, they do teach evolution. They want, they do, but they don't teach evolution to the, in this, in this scientific way where they make claims that like, we all come from Africa. We would come from a genetic soup, all these sort of things. They don't, yeah. they, you can observe microevolution by testing pesticides. Or okay? by uh, animal husbandry. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So no one, no one is. No one should be that idiotic, but it's also idiotic to take it to these scientific extremes that modern mm. atheism does. Yeah, yeah. So what? In, and let me just ask: in the Quran or Islam, is it the same as uh, Christianity and the hardcore? Sent uh, the uh, you know Earth is specifically however many couple thousand years old. Is it? Do they? Is that the same? No. So the just thing? generally, it's important to understand that the Bible and the Quran are very different texts mm -hmm. where the Bible is a set of stories. It's like storytelling. The Quran is an argument. It okay. is a series of arguments against your way of life and your way of thinking. It's basically okay. the Quran just telling you how you're wrong a million different okay. ways. Okay. Um, so these so are they don't, they don't have as much basis in the Old Testament as... Uh... As Christianity. That the so basically, Christianity will have autistic beliefs that you have to believe this thing happened, whereas Islam uses mythology to make its arguments for life. Okay. Okay. So, so in the, for instance, Islam, to be a Muslim, doesn't require belief in any sort of historical event or any sort of myth like Christianity does. You have to yeah, believe that, that Jesus was, in know. fact crucified but to be a muslim you don't have to believe that muhammad actually went on a military campaign really? that it doesn't make sense that doesn't mean anything it's a story it doesn't okay. help okay. you with anything in reality right. judeo-christianity in the west is a very you know this conversation should really uh, illuminate how it is especially when you look at things like it's high emphasis on things like holidays symbols uh, these things, uh, stories, these are things ultimately for uh, mostly for children and mm -hmm. for women to be busy with each other and the children. It, the reality is Islam has no holidays. Islam has no symbol. Islam has none of these things because 
I think it was Hitler or Nietzsche. One of them put it perfectly when it says that Islam assumes it's dealing with men. Um, And ultimately, I think this is a, even in the pre-Christian religions, you know, in the pagan religions, even to the extent the holidays and these cultural events existed, they were clearly designed for the women and children. These were not, um, um, these were not the the end goals of the men. This was yeah, something to yeah, yeah, keep yeah, the yeah. people busy while the men did what they needed to do, right? right? I didn't know this either. Yeah. So what what do you what is the actual factor that gives Islam its hardcore uh, resistance to what would you say to liberalism and so uh, that, that it remains, you know, you know what I mean? What what is yeah, the yeah. factor? What what is it's, it exactly? The way of life it promotes. So basically, it promotes. A, way, a spiritual way of life. So, yeah. so for instance, Christianity is not a behavioralist religion. Mm-hmm. It is a faith-based religion, right? Christianity right. says you have to believe in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ for your sins. What, right. And what you do will essentially be, be forgiven through that act. Your behavior doesn't matter. In essence, um, if you kill 8 million people and right on your deathbed you accept Christ, you go to heaven. This doesn't even make sense in a courtroom. This would never fly in a court, in a court of law, where you you can do whatever you want just because you accept the state, you get away with it. No, right, that doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work like that. That's not right. that's not how life works. So the reality is, Islam is behavioral based. Islam doesn't care about your state of mind, and I think this is a, Buddhism. Buddhism is a very good example of this as well. It doesn't care about your beliefs or your opinions. Your opinions change like the wind. This is yeah, the reality. Okay. Most people's right, yeah. opinions change like the wind. Yeah, it's, it's only true, yeah. when they start behaving and acting differently, meditating, reflecting, breathing, right. contemplating right. upon the self and uh, celestial objects. These so sort is, that of what things. The, is that what the daily call to prayer is about? It's kind of like a moment of meditation every day. Is that what's supposed to be? Oh, 100%. I, everyone should meditate every day. Think about it. How many times <laughs> a day do you wash your hands? Well... Oh, more more now than before. But... <laughs> well, they, okay. Let's say let's say you wash five times a day. You wash your hands five times a day, and you yeah. wash your hand five times a day because you get germs, bacteria, potential yeah. viruses on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mind, and in essence, the soul are the same, in the sense that when you live your daily life, as you're going through, either your real life or online, your mind is being attacked by disgusting imagery, ugly imagery, shitty right. opinions, people's worldviews that just make no sense and you're wondering why they even open their mouth sort of thing. Your yeah, mind yeah. is essentially under attack. And so yeah. meditation, prayer, Islam's requirement, Buddhism's requirement to do these sort of things is yeah. like washing your mind mm-hmm. it is of sense it is moment to get the filth off your mind like right now i'm like doing a hand motion where i'm sort of rinsing my brain off right <laughs> you have to sort of think of the meditation and prayer like this it having this utilitarian aspect to it because liberalism attacks you with pornography attacks you with atheism attacks you with asceticism attacks you with a lot of these ridiculous things that most people just like take it yeah islam tells you don't take it so it just tells them not to take it 
And that seems to be enough to, through meditation and through like even say there's like, you know, Muslims today are much more willing to die for their belief, let's say, than the average Christian would be. How do they maintain that fire of um, faith? Would you, like there must be something maybe maybe that what you said explains it. But I don't know. It's hard for me to grasp why exactly it's so much different when others because Christianity used to be more like that. So going back to this whole, we need to sort of um, change our perspective in the sense that <clears throat> believing that your opinions will change your behavior right. is just foolish. Right. Um, it's not going to happen. The reality is, is that only when you change the way you live, will it change your worldview. Okay. And so, um, you know, people who engage in, let's say, feng shui, you yeah. know, where they they, they yeah. create a clean and pure living environment. They they have a high emphasis on hygiene. They they have a structured daily lifestyle mm -hmm. in which they meditate multiple times during the day. And even yeah. that has a sort of process where you wash your face, a physical process, you know? Yeah. This is how you produce a healthier worldview. It's okay. not about the content. People are so like, oh, what is the name of this or that? Or who is this? Or who said that? Or when did this do that? Or whatever. It's like content, yeah. content, yeah. entertainment, Netflix, the Bible. Yeah. These things are really states. They're not even states. They're just objects in the mind. They're like clouds in the sense yeah. that a cloud comes and goes. People yeah. are not um, realizing that what remains is the sky and so it's the real. You would say it's the reality of the daily prayer and the structured life. Yes, it's that's the that's that's the, that's the key. Mm -hmm. Right, one hundred percent. Okay, very interesting. Very interesting. All right, let's move on to another question. Uh, I think hopefully we covered that one. Let's see. Did, uh, religious morality is purely based on assessment of sins and good deeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right? this is a. Um... This is a product of, I would say, particularly Judeo-Christianity, because although Islam does all emphasize sins and good deeds, it ultimately mm -hmm. goes beyond that. Because that's that um, whether someone is lying or stealing in their daily life mm -hmm. is not a reality for everyone. Not everyone has this problem. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. If one one of the problems with Christianity is this high emphasis on forgiveness and shame uh, is that it ultimately essentially creates a paralyzed person in the sense that this person is um, too paralyzed to act. And going back to like your sort of question, why do why will a Muslim be willing to engage in war? Isn't violence a sin? Right. It's because there are higher moralities or higher principles than just that right yeah. Yeah. and the the notion that of oh religion is just about sins and good deeds that is a individualistic um notion of the religious experience that doesn't again is ascetic it's about my personal relationship with jesus christ it's not my family my community and our state's relationship with Jesus Christ, right? It becomes a individualistic, personalized experience. And mm -hmm. when you have that, your only assessment can be, oh, am I sinning or am I doing bad things? Because you can't engage on the civilizational level, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Islam will tell you, and even the uh, pre-Christian religions, the people would declare war against other faiths and other deities, and uh, mm. the, you know they would they would gear their entire livelihood toward that goal. And this is different because their morality went beyond their personal life, right? Yeah. Yeah, their yeah. morality became okay now that I am a good person now that I'm not a fuck up right now that I'm now that I've stopped stealing and lying to all my friends and family yeah. I you know maybe I should start engaging with the world at a higher level and right. th I think this is where um, Christianity ultimately in liberalism liberalism is the same right Real, mm. liberalism says that you it replaces sins and good deeds with racism and anti-racism right it's yeah, the same yeah. morality but it now it changes what you're focusing on again yeah. like christianity it's not focusing on the behavior of the individual it's focusing on their state of mind faith yeah. and whether someone is a racist or states of mind this is not a really a behavior when they're going stop Black Lives Matter. Stop being racist. What they're telling you is stop holding these opinions, right? Mm -hmm. It's they're not really telling you to change your way of life, and if they are, they're telling you to die, right? <laughs> so, so it's so it's important to understand that we need to escape individualistic, personalized notions of the of religious sin? experience. Of sin and uh, sin and evil deeds, as as we as the statement said, you you should escape that. If you look at it civilizationally in terms of what your deed is, is that what you mean? Yeah, like in the sense of like, don't be a degenerate. You should be a yeah. good person. Now that you're a good person, now you need to become a powerful person. Right. Does Islam have the same ideas about uh, punishment in hell based on a list of sins? Sort of the same as Christianity? Or? It's the same, but it's different. It's, um, you know... Uh, to compare again, to compare Christianity to Islam is like comparing mm -hmm. Christianity to Buddhism. Okay. They're very different. Okay. okay. Because they have a different perspective. Again, one is faith based and the other is action based. Islam is not a noun, it's not a name, it's not an adjective, it's a verb. A Muslim mm -hmm. is one who engages in an Islamic way of life. Okay. And so I, this is how this is really my approach to religion and the religion I want to ultimately create. <laughs> you know, this is kind of the problem with, you know, with me in reality is that when I talk about a lot of this religious and spirituality stuff, mm -hmm. I don't have any notes. I don't have any of this stuff written down. Oh, I know. Sort of, Sorry, you just sprung into my mind. Let me spin oh, it up. Yeah, no the, um, is it fair to say that you are, I, I, and forgive me if I'm totally wrong, uh, attempting with your own personal cult, let's call it, to make a sort of somewhat Hellenized Islam or something? Or is that wrong? Yeah, I mean, I, I think people will try to concept, think about how people understand things. People can mm -hmm. only understand things through concepts that are already in their mind, right? Yeah. They can only do it through comparisons, compare and contrast sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So to the extent if that's helpful for people, sure. I don't have a problem with it, but the reality of the situation is we need to think differently. We yeah. need to, we need to go beyond antiquity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm more focused on a futurism. I'm not, I'm not really interested. So something totally in new that you'll have to create your own name for them. You don't, you don't want any reference to, I mean, that's why Galaxios is sort Galaxios, of, right. Um, right. 
is something that you know what it is is it's the it's the greek term for a galaxy that i'm basically just capitalizing right, um, right. and and i think that it is important to uh, to move away from this notion of an amorphous nameless western god you know like on the american coins it says in god we trust but it doesn't say who that god is and it subliminally means yahweh right yeah. it, without telling you that that yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the god i yeah. essentially think that the west needs a god and they're in the gods of antiquity are dead uh, and the new and essentially what i'm doing is if if Again, if they have to use preconceived notions to try to understand it, if that's mm -hmm. what's helpful to people, yeah. fine. But at the end of the day, there's a truth to Buddhism, right? Yeah. In the sense that there's a truth to there's even there's a truth to everything in the sense that uh, why is a why is a wheel always a circle? Because it works, right? Why? Sure. <laughs> why did certain people do certain? You know, a lot of you know many of the values of Islam are not unique to Islam. Many yeah, cults yeah. before Islam didn't drink alcohol because they thought that their enemies were the ones producing it for right, them. Right? right? This is not. Right. This is yeah, not yeah. something that was new or unique. It's hmm. it's you, you. It's always a You know, the same people who believe in evolution are the least willing to adapt or yeah. le least willing to change with the environment and the environment yeah. we live in today yeah. is so different from antiquity that i i i as a man who has practiced shia islam his whole life in, in being honest with the west that what you have right now is not going to stop what you're facing and and the reality is it's not, you mean not it's, it. gonna, it's gonna you mean it's gonna steamroll and get worse is that what you mean yes absolutely yeah, 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 and, yeah. and and islam is not the answer for the west i mean there's just too many cultural and uh, ethnic um differences that it's just there's just no point but that doesn't mean there yeah. isn't anything to learn or take away from even yeah, buddhism yeah. is very culturally different to the extent that many yeah. white hippies are into zen buddhism mm -hmm. that was a religion that was basically created by invading aryans for the people they ruled over <laughs> <laughs> so i mean I don't know if that's really so again we don't have to accept whole categories but there are kernels of truth to everything because again so you, if you, you're going to you you would agree with me that we need a new cult or a group yes. of cults in the west uh, yes. utterly new, well, not utterly new but based on various okay so that's we we have the same goal in that sense and yes you can see that and that uh yeah so you would have a slightly islamic cult not <laughs> if that's what helps you but one could yeah. even say that islam is very um jupiterian you know for instance yeah. what was yeah. how what was going on in the in the middle east before islam the romans were created uh pax romana and was colonizing most of the yeah. middle east and the way yeah. the romans were colonizing it was through spreading cults and mm -hmm. they were spreading cults that were culturally relevant to the areas that they were um conquering so for instance yeah. at edessa edessa is what is known modernly today known as um Syria, uh, yeah. in Palmyra today, yeah. Yeah. this is uh, what is known as Syria. Yeah. Um, 
that was where sort of the 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 Christian Roman wars sort of began. The mm. Christianity worked its way into Rome, right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it w- was born there. Obviously, it wasn't born there. It yeah. worked its way into Rome, and where it first gained, came into contact, the Christian cults with the Roman Empire, was at Edessa and Palmyra. And mm. the way the Romans combated it was they started creating their own cults that were culturally appropriate to the Syrians. Yeah. yeah. And one that of them was... Crucifixion. Oh, sorry, go oh, ahead. No, oh, I just said that and, that and mass crucifixion. I remember there's an account of one of the emperors, I forget which one, where he's talking about Christians being crucified, crucified and lit on fire like little like little candles throughout the city or something like that. But well, sorry, I mean the Roman Jewish wars, the Roman Jewish wars were wars that lasted for 300 years, and with yeah. the advent of Christianity, it only evolved until the Roman state fell, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, at one point, the war was essentially both sides creating cults that. Yeah promoted its group <laughs> against another. Yeah, yeah, so right. so essentially what you and I are doing is not ahistorical. Yeah, it's, utterly, that, it's normal and natural. And like I was talking last night on my podcast as well, it came up that there's cults everywhere all the time, whether you like it or not. Like just as my example then was the same. I saw recently a uh, like a fitness guy uh, the, that's got people, people gathered around him for, for his uh, specific brand of whatever fitness thing he does. And it's become all very culty and all the people near the top are like, you know, becomes are his insiders, and I believe he's having sex with a bunch of them, and it's like it's very much a cult, like for the <laughs> stupidest reasons in the world. Yeah, you know, for the, you know these material yeah. idiots. Like they're everywhere you look if you really look. Uh, anyways, mm-hmm. right? No, you're absolutely right, and that's because humans are naturally herd animals. Yeah, uh, people want we're naturally social animals, and liberalism, freedom, atheism. This basically tells people that you shouldn't be shepherded. You like shouldn't have a shepherd. You shouldn't follow others or follow God. But at the same time, it still gets them to do that through like, let's say like uh, raves, you know, drug culture, party culture, these sort of, you know, it still gets them. You, yeah. you cannot escape the culture that cults cultivate. You no. will ultimately be, consuming it and subsumed by it unless yeah. you're producing your own to uh yeah. combat it and that's just yeah. the that's just the nature of of human oh, yeah. existence it's a social thing yeah like antifa is a cult or whatever they're all cults like it's all a cult really it has a yeah. system of beliefs and you get in line with it because maybe it speaks to you and then for social reasons or whatever mm. but yeah so exactly. you need a cult, you need a cult with true ideal ideology and not cults of personality that's no, an important thing. But you need that too. Like to be a successful cult, you need a guy with big balls. Got, <laughs> right? You do need that a bit. Like yeah. there's an aspect to that to, for a successful cult, I think. It is true. No, you're right. Uh, um, right. But whatever. Uh, yeah. So that, we covered that pretty good. That's. Uh, okay. God in prayer has. Uh, did we cover this maybe? God in prayer has no psychological benefit and in fact makes you stupid. Ed Dutton said this. Yeah. What do you, yeah, what do you say? This is essentially um, uh, uh, the testament of the atheist, secular, individualist mind that essentially <clears throat> he wrote a book called Islam Makes You Stupid. Yeah. And uh, again, when we look at the, the modern state of Iran, clearly that statement doesn't hold up to reality, hmm. um, just on its face. 
Um, something right. is clearly going on <laughs> that does not is not being understood by even um, some of these academic elite yeah. in the West. So, so what is the issue? So people here seem to think that atheism and nihilism in particular, because it dealt with a Christianity that, again, I'm sorry to your audience, you know, it ultimately created a sort of limiting worldview in the sense yeah. that 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 mind in many respects, there are very healthy and powerful examples of Christianity throughout Western history, and all of those should be always be honored and um, cherished 100%. Yeah. But yeah. those were also products of particular people, um, mm -hmm. particular people with particular goals. For for instance, the Sistine Chapel. This wasn't this wasn't created by just any Christians, you know. It wasn't yeah. created by British Christians, right? It was yeah. created by a specific uh, dynasty with a specific um, different set of cultures. Well, that's um, when the that's when the Pope was like a marauding warlord. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, his own I mean, guy. Yeah. Think about how much Christianity has changed, just from the sort of conquistador religion to now yeah. it's um, you know sort of with black the mainstream christianity in america is in allegiance with black lives matter mm -hmm. i mean that's where we are um yeah. that's the reality of the situation now yeah. so i can understand why ed dutton would see something like this or other people and atheists would see something like this and be like oh that makes you stupid like, yeah. that makes sense you know you're in the sense of like uh yeah because that more that thinking that way of life that belief system and moral system could not ultimately defeat liberalism right it right. was subsumed by it right. um but what, what we see though is that there are societies for instance <clears throat> orthodox russia right yeah. they yeah. they are they are doing a, a lot better than a lot of their neighbors right now right and a lot of this has to do with the fact that they have incorporated spirituality in not just in the state's program but into the people's daily life and right. the reason and and we've sort of touched all on this already is sort of the the sort of psychological benefits of prayer and meditation how yeah. it's like washing your hands right you yeah. you have to sort of remove the sort of filth and the sort of um you know you have to sort of take time to take a break the mind is like a muscle and if you're like constantly watching tv taking in content yeah you know without really uh you know exercising any sort of critical thinking or logic yeah. uh, ultimately you know you will live a demoralized and defeated life a slavish um, life yeah. yeah yeah and so the the reality is that god it not only centralizes civil society toward a powerful civilization or to a type of civilization because not all gods are the same but mm. um but it has this centralization centralization capability not just in society yeah. but also mm -hmm. the individual uh, yeah. i have this sort of mental image that applies both to the individual and society that where your deity should be a type of like monolith in which all of your thoughts, dreams, behaviors, and ultimately other people sort of swim around, right? Right. Where it is sort of, it is the centralized pole that everything is sort of circling all, whether it's your economics, yeah. your yeah. arts, your, your health and fitness. 
yeah, everything. Yeah. It becomes yeah. a it's, this. This I'll, is what I'll I mean. Focus. Yeah, this is what I mean by a way of life. That it's it's not yeah. so much what you believe. Once you have that monolith, just do everything around it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this so, is an understanding that Westerners once had. I, I know that, but it's like faded away in this haze. Of, but like, yeah, this it's everything you say is definitely true. It, like, it's the focal point of the the nexus around the problem, which everything uh, goes. Art, everything, everything you do. Yeah, and, and this is what this is also known as is wisdom. So here's yeah. the problem, right? Especially today, modernly, uh, in the West, there is this high emphasis on IQ and intelligence. Mm-hmm. There is a difference between really intelligence a... and wisdom. These are okay. two different yeah, things. Right. We have to understand these as two different things, right. and why? Uh, yeah. Because right now, the most intelligent scientists in america are actively trying to create the most addictive flavor of oreo they're trying to create the most aerodynamic dildo right <laughs> this is this is what intelligence does when you have no yeah. wisdom without right? focus and wisdom exactly yeah no you're true um so we covered that have we do you have anything more to say to your pal ed dutton no, I mean I don't. I don't hate the guy. I mean the reality is again know, going back just... to going back to Europe's laws on how you can discuss speech. I mean, is Muslim is a racial category because they're not allowed to discuss race. That's the legal right. reality. And so, and right. when you ha- and much of what this discussion should illuminate that when you are linguistically limited, mm-hmm. you ultimately cannot think in new and different ways. And ultimately live in different ways. That's true. Yeah. Right. Both to your benefit and detriment. Mm -hmm. That's how. That's how they get us. That's how they get us with the liberalism. Is the buzzwords they invent a word for something that Mm -hmm. you know may or may not exist, Mm -hmm. and it it has a meaning that you can get trapped inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll move on here. What's next? Uh, All cultures have the same conception of God. Yeah, again, this goes back to the whole point of that 2 plus 2 equals 4, no matter where you are, but how you express it or present it to someone else is going to vary. And and this is usually what you get with, you hear from a lot of atheists when, well, they're like, they'll, you know, will wonder why, if God is real, why didn't everyone think of the same God? It's like, that's a dumb statement to make because ultimately the, the, what they're focusing on is the exoteric apparent presentation. There, as if there aren't any sort of values or principles or virtues that come along with that presentation, right? And right. so ultimately a lot of the aesthetics, the visuals, the storytelling, these are just yeah. mediums. These are avenues to the God coming to the focal point. Right. And so when people debate whether uh, which myth, color, or symbol is the correct one, yeah. it, it, it ignores the notion, the higher principles, because at the end of the day, um, what uh, religion should be, which is what the elite do today with liberalism, is a top-down structure in the sense that it is the top presenting itself to the lower levels in whatever way is most appropriate and best for them. So the right. lowest rings of society will not be getting the same presentations and philosophies as, say, 
the warrior class or the philosopher kings, right? Right. Where right. where the working classes may need myth, they may need a daily moralizing stories that help put them to sleep with lullabies and holidays with you know pastries. You know, they may need that stuff, but the philosopher kings, what do they want? They want the world. They want you right? They want the higher levels and the warriors are going to need different presentations. So basically my point being is people have this bizarre notion that everything has to be like same and uh you know the same at all times and applicable to anyone and everyone almost and it's like no, yeah. that's not the case. A true wise deity would know that not everyone's going to get him the same way, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so ultimately, yeah. that's my point: is that um, the 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 fact that the 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 existence of God isn't disproven by the fact that people have come up with different systems or conceptualizations. Exactly. Yeah. See, I I I was actually an atheist for a time, an annoying atheist, but I came <laughs> I came to my belief through Neoplatonism. Back from I, I was raised uh, Catholic. But I came to it through Neoplatonism. And all those arguments for God that you find in Neoplatonism or other places are arguments that are non-specific in the way you mean. Oops, I hit my computer. So that, you know, just like you're saying, the names and the specifics are this it allows you to think syncretically about it anyway. So it's not so important what name you give God or what whatever. The the real arguments, the real the reality of God is not so specific those things are more anthropological and applied after and that i think goes along with what you're saying i hope it does anyways no 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 that makes perfect sense okay good uh let's go next question god cannot be found in nature or life it can be only found in established belief systems and myths yep this not only is this a christian mindset but this is ultimately the overall like Western mindset. Like most people hear me as like, oh, well, he's a Muslim. How can he even do this or that or think like this or whatever, you know? Yeah, and yeah. it's like that you are thinking from inside of a box that you've placed yeah. yourself in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe society placed you there, but you're a fool to go along with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because in the end, you trap your mind. Uh, categories, concepts, these things ultimately are so limiting when the mind is essentially limitless think yeah. about the power of the human mind uh yeah. we, we we rose from animals to look at this we're, we're talking to each other through like a headset right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is yeah. you know the human you're, uh, mind. you're five hours away you're are you how many hours away five eight, eight hours away I'm eight, hours, eight hours away yeah fuck I see the, this Irish LA connection at a moment's yeah. notice. Right? We're traveling through time at the same time. No, and this is, um, and so the, my my point being is is that, um, and this is what I'm going to be getting at with Galaxios ultimately is that, you know, the the ultimate God ult is not something that is going to be found in something you read. And ultimately, what, the way your life improving and your your mentality and your way uh, your your entire material life improving isn't going to be because you read a story or you found the correct symbol 
or you did the right, you lit the right number of candles, but this number is bad because this number or whatever, you know, these sort of ultimately, again, childish things, these things yeah. make no sense in the grand scheme of things. If you're not physically healthy, financially well off or working toward that goal um, yeah. or married with a community, with a, a vibrant social life, if you're just like some hateful racist or some atheist or um, you know, like these sort of these current archetypes you see in society, mm. um, you know, these things ultimately are not going to be healthy and thinking that only a specific <clears throat> story from antiquity from a specific author or, you know, a specific myth of a specific uh, deity is what is going to help you. No, yeah, yeah. this is what I'm getting at. Your states yeah. of mind are not going to change your mode yeah. of life at all. Right, right, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And uh, that also, again, ties in with the syncretic rational arguments for God. <laughs> yeah, and think uh, about it, too. I think Christianity has also ruined spirituality in the West. For instance, when you have this high emphasis of <clears throat> you can only connect to God through Jesus— now you cannot connect to God through a baby smile or you cannot connect to God through a butterfly when you're having a really sad thought alone or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we yeah. all have these sort of moments or experience in life that mm -hmm. science cannot quantify and yeah. no capitalist price tag can put a value to, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. because in that moment you feel, um, just so content and at yeah, peace with yeah. yourself that yeah. ultimately, you know, people are in a way driven away from these experiences by the entertainment media, the consumer yeah. capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. That and they, yeah, they're the ones, as you say, that believe they're fighting against slavery with their liberty, but in fact, they're the new slaves, really. They just, their shackles are renamed and they don't know that they're slaves. Yeah. They're obsessed with slavery, like as we can see, as a concept. But they are. They, they've been enslaved already. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but uh, this ties in a bit with the conversation I had last night. You may not agree with uh, psychedelics. And uh, the person I was talking to, we had this shared psychedelic, other about yourself, you know, LSD, mushrooms, whatever, that you see the world, all of a sudden you'll be just amazed and you'll stare at a rock or a tree for, you know, hours and be like, wow. It's it's like a, a a rebirth in a way where you think well, this you it reconnects you to the miracle that's happening all the time, which as you say, looking at a baby smile or, or I read about somebody uh, who's dying uh, was given like months to live, and they're moved to tears by watching a, an insect crawl across uh, a table or something. So <laughs> so, so here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, 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 mean, I know I know it seems a shortcut, but only that that experience reminds you yeah yeah no i get what you're saying it's like gets used to life and gets used to seeing things all day long it can yeah. be but it's not just the drugs like the like the the life or even if you risk your life you ever noticed how alive yes. you feel when you're at risk yes like things like that any there's different ways to achieve that uh re-realization that the world's a miracle and you know uh but yeah i know i yeah i don't i wouldn't expect you condone drugs no but here's <laughs> the thing here's the thing yeah I ultimately do believe in the golden mean in the sense that um, any, if you have a full control over yourself and your life, you should be able to do anything and everything in moderation, right? 
because yeah. you you're not going to be consumed or addicted right but the reality yeah. is most people aren't like that most and to get like that you have to develop discipline and willpower you have yeah. to develop positive character traits and the way you do that is through what i'm talking about the sort of changing your lifestyle changing yeah. your cleaning your room like jordan peterson would say but but there's a truth to it in the sense that you should go beyond that where you should reflect you should meditate you should work on breathing exercise right. you should pray to your deity these things once you start changing the way you live um, it ultimately has a psychological change uh, effects as well right okay yeah very good I don't disagree. And um, let's see. What's we're almost at the almost at the end. Religion has nothing to do with law, i.e., separation of church and state. Maybe we talked about this. We did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We pretty much have yeah. covered this. You know, the basic yeah. notion that religion should not be seen as some hobby, you know, or yeah. like some interest group, or it's it's none of this stuff. It's yeah. It, either you are, either your God is effectuating the law, or it's not alive it's a dead god yeah and i think the next one we cover too god can only be grasped to a specific deity we talked about that yeah so there's only number 13 uh mm. which we can just talk about briefly and then we'll then we'll end it i guess spirituality means you are a hippie <laughs> yeah and i think this ultimately is a product of the christian atheism debates of the early 2000s in the sense that <clears throat> Where you, if you didn't accept the atheism or Christianity, you, the, it, your only other avenue was this sort of hippie-dumb nihilism sort of thing, which ultimately became sort of the drug party culture, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, that's where a lot of those people, I think, uh, come from. But anyway, um, the, the problem here is that, again, spirituality should not create asceticism. It should create the, a, a drive for worldly uh, benefits and these are not only for your personal life and your family like financial you should seek self-improvement whether at your job or starting a new career starting a business doing these things and ultimately forming a community that can mm -hmm. have a political voice and that will ultimately represent the interests of the members of its community <clears throat> yeah. to do these things ultimately you you can't be a hippie and you can't really be um, engaged in any of the religions of antiquity, whether right. pre or post um, Abrahamic phase. All of it is dead. And ultimately, spirituality should create a higher form of man today. It should create someone who wants to, you know, who is um, a magnanimous, who is, you know, socially sought after, who is, um, you know, attracts people, all of all people, uh, in the sense that, you know, you are clearly living and promoting a higher state of life that what society has to offer today. And yeah. being a loser is just not a good way to live life, whether you ultimately win or not. You should die right. trying to win because yeah. ultimately – you, this life is so short um, and to just sit there and watch it all go by, I think ultimately is a bigger sin than to participate in, in the destruction of it yeah. in the sense that 
you, you're not going to live again. And no one's going to remember you unless you do something. And that's something we all have to come to the realization of and why we need to all work together. And this is why I actually said something I something I tweeted out yesterday, but I really do believe this in what I'm what in the sort of in the project of Galaxios that I'm trying to start is that you know we should ultimately live in a way that we will remember each other forever, and to do so we have to live powerfully. We have to live yeah. in a wise way, in a in a in a just way. Yeah. Um, and so, and this is and what, uh, be uh, eccentrically ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, look at me. I look ridiculous. I think it's cool. <laughs> it is cool. And, and, and I don't know if your audience said, knows this, but you told me earlier you built that structure you're in. That's that's yeah, beautiful. I built it, yeah. That's beautiful. No, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, traditional uh, lime mortar and uh, limestone. And those. Uh, the hard thing to do was those. You see that lintel there? Where am I? Pointing? You can see that. Yeah, that's those are oak lintels. They're so heavy. I had to put them up on my own. Oh. Like lift them. <laughs> No, it's a great source of pride to me, I guess. I'd love to build like a castle if I, I that's what I'd be doing right now if I had a bit more money and larger piece of land as I'd be making like a castle. We all have a castle in the heavens. We just have to <laughs> seek it. Mm, true. And that yeah. is the moral of this discussion. Yes, no, that's great wisdom. Great wisdom. No, well done, Perseus. I, I love it. I love Thank I love you so much. I, I must say, I don't agree 100% or I. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no worries. You know, I, uh, but I still I love, love you. you. Yes, I love you too. Well done. Thank you for this opportunity. No problem. So there's there might be like two videos worth of that, or I'll see. But anyways. Yeah, do whatever you want. I'll, I'll get it out uh, as soon as I can. So we'll put an end to it. Are you ready? Yep. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Good luck. Bye.